We'd like to welcome you back to part five of our mega study. This is the third mega study we've done on the alien disclosure agenda. And uh, this is a listener comment from a longtime listener, James, uh, who I've read some of his reports in the past. And I really believe you're going to hear a lot of reports from him. But, you know, this is. Like I said, we're all, we're part of the body of Christ, and not everybody's going to have the same calling, okay? But in his particular instance, God is just going out of his way to show him over and over and over again, basically, what is going on all around us that we, we most of us are not aware of. And so I'm going to be reading several of his um, his testimonies that he's just sent me just since the last study. Okay, mind-blowing stuff. This is from March 6th. He sent this to me at 10.41 p.m., March 6th of this year, 2016. New Nephilim experience. He said, I wanted to share with this, this with you. The encounter happened during my three-day fast. Now, he was fasting for three days. This is a long-time trusted listener who's had a deliverance ministry for a long time. Okay. He was fasting for three days. He said, I fasted from Thursday 6 p.m. to Sunday 6 p.m. without any food. So it's not like he's doing something wicked. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like he's, you know, he's fasting. It's about the most godly thing you can do, you know. Um, we wanted to get some estimates on some drywall work at our home. So my wife called someone on Friday, and they said they would be out on Saturday about midday to look and see what we needed done to our home. Um... <clears throat> So this man and his wife show up around 3 p.m. to look at our home to see what we needed done. At first, my wife was doing all the talking, and I really did not pay any attention. I then followed them downstairs with my wife to show them the issues that we had. At this time, I was not paying any attention to anyone's eyes or anything. I was just listening to my wife talk with them. Then, as we were getting ready to leave, we walked outside the front door. As soon as the woman got outside, she stopped on my porch and turned and looked at me, telling me all the other types of work they could do for me. She was about two feet away from me, and I could see her eyes. Her eyes were slits like reptiles. I mean, hey, whenever you get a drywall estimate, this is bound to happen. Come on. You know? Come on. Anyway, the whole time I talked to her, they did not change. She then, then she and her husband left in their company van. I have not shared this with my wife. She just can't handle the stuff. She didn't even see it. What is wild about all of this is that I've seen several people face-to-face -face with slits in their eyes. I have not told you all of the experiences I've had because I know you're extremely busy. What little TV I watch, I see people with slits in their eyes. It got to the point where I was studying so deeply on this that I wanted to take a break and study something else. I even stopped looking at people's eyes in public. And then the Lord brings me back to it. I'm not going to say that in the past that every person I talked to had slits in their eyes, of course. A lot of people have normal eyes. However, the people that do have slits in their eyes, the Lord brings them to me. I will say I'm to the point now that I've seen so many instances of slits in people's eyes that it's really there's really no longer a wow factor. That's how commonplace it's getting for him. Now, I don't know whether it's where he lives in Virginia that's maybe part of that as well. Because, and it's also somebody that makes eye contact a lot. I am a pretty shy person. 
So a lot of times I don't do that either. I may have had people with slits in their eyes and I may not have, you know, made the eye contact that they needed to have. But yeah, yeah. Is it that these, the hybridization programs, this breeding program that have been taking place since what, the 40s, the 50s, when we entered into these treaties where they agreed that they could abduct a certain percentage of our population, and by national polls it's at least 2%, have said they've been abducted, and the women, many of the women impregnated, and then they turn up where they're like three or four months into their pregnancy and all of a sudden they get abducted again, the baby's gone? Where are these, where are these entities going? Are they reintroducing them back into society now? Is that what we're seeing here? I mean, I'm not saying that's it, but could it be? Yeah, it could be. Are they, are they, re, are they integrating them into our society now in a covert fashion so that when disclosure takes place, they're going to already have so many of their emissaries pre-positioned in society that they're going to be like ambassadors that they're going to help perpetuate the deception. I don't know. I'm totally speculating there. But I'm telling you, this is just one other aspect. I have talked about this before, but, I mean, I've watched whole clips of John McCain on CNN feeds where full slits top to bottom. Um, Bush, full slits top to bottom. I'm talking, these are not doctors. These are CNN videos that were widely available i've got all kind of clips of this and you could say oh yeah the youtube one or okay fine but how do you explain the cnn ones where you could go and look and and, and you could do it in like the 180 hd and and look at them and they're perfect slits from top to bottom or reptilian slits how do you explain that camera anomaly i'm telling you what was the serpent? He was a reptile. The seed of the serpent. The seed of the wicked one. The wheat and the tares. What were they considered to be then? If they had some kind of breeding program that they've established with all these alien abductions. What would that be? Hybridization. What are Nephilim? Hybrids. What did Jesus say? As in the days of Noah? So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man? Oh, well, what was the biggest thing going on there? Hybridization of the human race? So much so that God had to wipe the whole world out with a flood? Is this part of the soft disclosure? Integrating these entities into society in a covert fashion, all in preparation for the big their big debut. I'm telling you, it's what I think it is. Here's another one from James. This came March 21st. So the first one was March 6th. This is March, I mean, when it rains, it pours. Um, more encounters. When it rains, it pours. I had another encounter today. I was like, this is crazy. I sent you that email yesterday. Now, I got all approval from him to put out anything that he sends me. I'm keeping his email anonymous and his last name, but I, I got approval. I had another encounter today. I was like, this is crazy. I sent you that email yesterday about what the Lord is having me focus on. And then at 4 p.m. today, I went to an appointment. He does a lot of work where he's actually out at other people's houses as well. Okay. Um, with what he does. So 
I went to an appointment for work outside of Richmond, Virginia, and the guy that answered the door has reptile, reptilian slits for pupils. He comes outside to talk to me, and he still has the slits. Then he turns his head for a second, and then he turns it back, and his pupils are normal. That tells you that they're not contacts. What did he do? Turn it for a second, and then instantaneously, in one split second, pull the contacts out, and then turn back? No. I read you his report before with it, where it happened with the lady at the front door. Talked to her for like five minutes. He was doing some kind of estimate for her. She turns her head one moment, she comes back, and her eyes are normal. Same thing happens here with this guy. Then, when I'm finishing up outside his home, and I tell him from a distance that I am done, and I'm getting ready to leave, he approaches me wanting to talk. As he approaches me in the middle of the yard, his eyes have reptilian slits for the longest time. I then, and then they change when I'm about ready to leave. I talk to him in this yard for 14 minutes. Is that crazy or what? James. Another one. This one he sent me April 1st. 9.46 a.m. Thank you for sending the attachment. I believe in the future these Nephilim hybrids are going to appear in various forms. I was in Northern Virginia on West on Wednesday for work when I had another strange encounter. I went to this one lady's house for an appointment. What I what was strange to me was her eyes when she opened the front door. I could see the whites of her eyes, but everything else about her eyes were pitch black. I have never seen this before with anyone else. Working in Northern Virginia, I encounter people from many different cultures, but I have never seen a woman with eyes like this. When you look at a normal person's eyes, you see a pupil the white part in the iris okay um the iris comes in many different colors that's the colored part of the eye okay um the woman's eyes didn't have an iris it was like the white part of the eye was there and then just an abnormally large pupil that was pitch black yet again this encounter i was two feet away from this woman it was a clear sunny day. I have been wrestling with this since I saw it. Now I am just waiting to see what the Lord shows me next. It saddens me that people just don't know what's coming. They hear your teachings, but they do not have any revelation yet. Christians are going... Now, he's not referencing all my listeners, okay? But there are a lot of people out there like that, okay? Um... Christians are going to suffer. Christians are going to have to seek the Lord's face daily and really trust in Him. I believe the Lord is preparing His remnant for what is coming. I have suffered financially, and it seems like there's no end in sight. I have been hit with... Sorry, my computer froze up there. I have been hit with um, everything, including the kitchen sink. I believe the Lord is having His true remnant to endure hardness like... What the people in this country have not seen. We need to get to the point where we are just like, who cares about our 401ks? Who cares about the worldly things? And just look to the most high. So many people are not ready. I hear unbelievers say, oh, the economy is so good. And they all enjoy their riches and they think it will last forever. People in general are going to have a rude awakening or they're, or they're going to get deeper in delusion to the point that they're never going to see what's going on around them. I believe it's what I believe it is coming soon. I'm at the point in my life that I'm like, Lord, use me however you want. I'm not going to be one of those people that holds on to things too long. I refuse to be one of those people that holds on to my ministry too long. And I told you he was in deliverance ministry. I'm I'm just letting go. If the Lord wants me to be in the wilderness, I will be in the wilderness alone with him. If the Lord wants me to minister or pray at a certain place, I'm like, Lord, let your will be done. It just kills me. All these people are out here playing church. People only want to go so far. They know 
what they're getting into when they started to listen to you. On your list of teachings, it is out there in front of everyone to see. Nephilims, aliens, UFOs, underground bases. People really want to resist this truth because of fear. They can resist all they want, but the truth is the truth. The evidence points that there were Nephilim in the past, and they are obviously here today. This is the problem that people like uh, me and you face and will always face. Christians will try to put me and you and others into a box. Society always wants to hate, fear, persecute, and silence what they do not understand. It is no different with the church today. This is a concept that Christians need to understand but fail to do so. There are different parts of the body of Christ with different callings. Not everyone is called to be like you or me. Churches today, even in the non-501c3 churches, instead of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, they worship the pastor. The pastor has become the high place that no one is supposed to touch. Just like the Old Testament, Israel, godly kings would cleanse the temple and destroy the altars. But only a few, I think only two, destroyed the high places. That's true. You look in there, and I just got done reading First, first and Second Kings, and yeah, hardly anybody would destroy the high places. They would always leave the high places. Even the, even the kings that God said were good left them. Um, the pastor is the high place for many today. Christians in many ways are no different than the Catholics with their Pope. The Christians have their Pope, and it's called the pastor. Another Now, again, I don't want to speak too much in generalities here, because obviously there's exceptions to everything, and not, not everybody's that way. And, and not, that's what he means, too. Okay. Another high place is the theory of the sons of Seth. It is clear the early church believed in the Nephilim. I can't wait for disclosure. God bless James. And then I said comment. From the report, fallen angels or Sethites. Now you want to see where the, the, the sons of Seth came from? Okay, here we go. This is, a, this is a report entitled Fallen Angels or Sethites. We read, The strange events recorded in Genesis 6 were understood by the ancient rabbinical sources as well as the Septuagint translators as referring to fallen angels procreating weird hybrid offspring with human women known as Nephilim. So it is understood by the early church fathers. Like I said about the book of Enoch. Okay, this stuff was understood by them. These bizarre events are also echo, echoed in the, in the legends of myths of every ancient culture on earth. The ancient Greeks, the, all the Greek legends, the Egyptians, the Hindus, the South Sea Islanders, the American Indians, and virtually all others. However, many students of the Bible have been taught that the passage in Genesis 6 actually refers to a failure to keep the faithful lines of Seth separated from the worldly line of Cain. The idea, and again, where if you just had a Bible and nobody there to brainwash you, you would never come to that conclusion on your own. If you read Genesis 6, you would never come to that conclusion. Never! This is why you got to be careful. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. So what the Bible says in Jeremiah uh, 5 there, or... 7.5, I believe. Or 17.5, I'm sorry. Okay, anyway. Um, the idea has been advanced that after Cain killed Abel, the line of Seth remained separate and faithful, even though it doesn't say that. But the line of Cain turned ungodly and rebellious. The sons of God are deemed to refer to the leadership in the line of Seth. <laughs> even though if you do a keyword search of the sons of God in the King James, in the Old Testament, not in the New, but in the Old, it always refers to angels. Like four, three or four other times in Job, you do a keyword search for that exact phrase. In the Old Testament, not in the New, in the New Testament, sons of God means believers. But in the Old, translated from the Hebrew, sons of God always means angels. Okay? Anyway, 
Um, the sons of God are deemed to refer to the leadership of the line of Seth. Uh, the daughters of men is deemed to, to the restricted line of Cain. Again, total leap in logic, mental leap of logic to come to that conclusion. The resulting marriage is ostensibly blurred and inferred separation between them. Why the resulting offspring are called giants which is translated from the word Nephilim, remains without any clear explanation by those holding to the sons of Seth view. Again, it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, like the Bible says, come let us reason together, saith the Lord. It doesn't make any sense. Since Jesus prophesied, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be, it becomes essential to understand what these days entailed. The origin of the Sethite view. It was the 5th century AD that the fallen angel interpretation of Genesis 6 was increasingly, and again, now we're looking at this from a different angle. So the 5th century AD, the fallen angel interpretation of Genesis 6 was increasingly viewed as an embarrassment when attacked by Christians. It, people were also afraid of it too. It makes people uncomfortable. It makes people scared. Okay. Furthermore, the worship of angels had begun within the Catholic Church by the 5th century, because the Catholic Church is really getting their pagan hooks in by that point. Also, celibacy, which is also unbiblical, the priesthood, had become an institution of the Catholic Church. The angel view of Genesis 6, the fallen angel view of Genesis 6, was feared as impacting these views that we just mentioned in a negative way. Celius and Julian the Apostate used the traditional fallen angel belief to attack Christianity. Julius Africanus resorted to the Sethite interpretation as a more comfortable ground. Cyril of, of Alexandria was also repudiated the orthodox fallen angel position with the line of Seth interpretation. These are all rank heretics that started attacking the fallen angel view. Now, were they led of God or were they led of the fallen angels? Were they led of Satan? Obviously, these are heretics. These are reprobates. And they're attacking long-held, well-known that the sons of God were fallen angels that procreated with women and they brought forth this race of giants, which defiled the whole earth. Okay, it was well known, everybody knew it back then, but this is when it started to be demonized by these rank devil apostates. Okay? And this is what is accepted now because of this. Augustine also embraced the Sethite theory and thus it prevailed into the Middle Ages. It is still widely taught today amongst almost all churches who find literal the literal fallen angel view as a bit too disturbing. Oh, it's a bit too disturbing. So you know what? We're just going to change the Bible. We're going to change what the Bible says, essentially. It doesn't really mean that. It's the godly lines of Seth and wicked daughters of Cain. And even though there's nothing biblical to back that up, we're just going to, that's what we're going to teach in the cemeteries and brainwash all the pastors. Because it's much more comfortable, much more palatable. You're going to have a much less tendency to lose your parishioners. They're, they're, they're not going to feel uncomfortable in the pews. They're not going to squirm in the pews because you're going to give them this line of garbage there are many prominent bible teachers who still defend this view as well now you can also see my teaching entitled nephilim sons of god fallen angels demons evil spirits tartaros sons of seth daughters of cain augustine of hippo thomas aquinas and john calvin warning part one and part two where i go into all this in detail two-part study here 
okay? Um, so we have that. Now, next, next report, also by James. Black-eyed kids. Too far, for far too long, people have viewed the alien abductions as just some kind of spiritual attack. But there are plenty of evidence of physical abductions. I have studied for 20 years, if not more, the physical abductions. Now, this is how he started out this email. Now, I have a comment. My comment is, from the secular, this is a secular group now, so you can't claim it's some, you know, has some Christian bias. Secular group, International Center for Abduction Research. Their frequently asked questions section. First question. <coughs> what is the annual percentage of abductions outside or uh, abductions out of the United States? Their answer. We know that about 2% at least of the American public have had possible abduction-like experiences. But how many of these are actual abductees has yet to be determined. We also know that tens of thousands of people from around the world have contacted UFO and abduction researchers indicating that they might have abduction events as well. The United States does not have a corner on the abduction market. One thing is clear. This is a worldwide problem. And tremendous numbers of people might be involved with it. Now again, what do they always focus on on almost every abduction scenario? The reproduction organs, whether they're male or female. These women get pregnant. They turn up, they get abducted again, the baby's missing. What's going on? Where are all these babies going? Are they being re-amalgamated into society now? Is this why James is starting to see this more and more? And other people as well. God's letting them see it. Obviously, they have the ability to look human with round pupils. But if they're not, hold, quote, holding form, they will appear with reptilian slits. Now, there are ways that I've been told um, that you can cause a shift. And, and one of the ways that was suggested is um, to force a shift is by thinking sublime spiritual thoughts in their presence, usually thinking of Jesus Christ or Father God, the love of Jesus Christ and the love of Father God in particular. If you focus in on that, a lot of times they will not be able to hold form. This energy flows from you like light from a candle, also radiating spiritual heat as does a candle. If they are close by, this causes them to cough at first, then the first stages of shifting starts. Maybe because James is a true born-again Christian, even though they're not aware of it, they're actually starting to shift in front of him. Okay, this is a theory I don't know. I'm just saying. Could explain that. Anyway, um... So they're saying, one thing is clear, this is a worldwide problem, and a tremendous number of people are involved with it. Then, a next question in their frequently asked section. Is there a way of preventing this from happening in the future? Right now, we have not been able to stop abductions. Some researchers have claimed that, through the thought process, prayer, <laughs> negotiation. <laughs> I wouldn't advise a negotiation. Mr. Gray Alien, please. Take all my money. Here, I have some canned goods in the in the uh, my cupboard. Would that do? It, there's beans and franks. Come on. We've got bonbons in the freezer. You know? Uh, do you like Alpo? We have some dog food. I'm not sure what your, your tastes are. I, I don't know. Well, we got a little bit of everything. Come on. Be reasonable. No, I, I wouldn't advise negotiating. Anyway. Um... Some researchers have claimed that through thought processes, prayer negotiation abductions have been stopped or aborted. 
Now remember, this is secular. Okay, I'm going to give you my biblical response to this in a second. I have to emphasize we have not been able to verify this. In general, people do not know when they've been abducted, and if they do remember, the memories tend to be very fragmentary. One of the main things they will do whenever these people are abducted is they do this massive brainwashing thing where you don't you might remember a little bit at the start and a little bit at the end but you remember nothing in between they have some way of trying and it doesn't really erase the memory but it puts it back into a really far recess in the brain so that you really can't access it readily okay now i know a lot of people through hypnotism have done that don't advise hypnotism it's totally demonic okay but you know obviously a lot of people have been able to gain access to those memories that way anyway and if you don't believe that just key in hypnotism or hypnotize in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com a lot of people that get hypnotized that commit suicide like the next day i mean i'm serious there's a lot of accounts of that really really bad news it's not it's into the realm of the occult okay so please don't do it anyway so let me go back to this it says in general people do not know when they when they were abducted and if they do remember the memories tend to be very fragmentary thus when an abduction starts they may start praying and then remember that the beings turn around and left what they were actually remembering is the first few seconds of the abduction and the last few seconds okay meaning everything in the middle was they don't remember they have forgotten the two hours in the middle that stops some of the researchers to claim that no i'm sorry that allows some of the researchers to claim wrongly that the abduction that the abductee stopped the abduction my comment funny how these secular organizations dealing with alien abductions always fail to mention the one surefire way to stop them from ce4 research we read okay this is ce4 research close encounters of the fourth kind alien abduction the unwanted piece of the ufo puzzle and this is straight from their website warning the following information may change your preconceived notion of the true nature of alien abductions and ufos enter at your own risk you may come away a very changed person many already have from the author of ufo end time delusion dr david allen lewis he said in dealing with the mystery of ufos we are not on the lunatic fringe of theology. Instead, we stand on your behalf in the front lines of battle, and we are in a defensive warfare at a major point of assault on humanity. The research that even the UFO community does not want you to see, and this is what they're saying about C4 research, what you are about to see is probably the best-kept secret in the UFO research community. The following work is the accumulation of 15 years of alien abduction and UFO research by a group of christians um in ce4 research group these researchers took on one piece of the ufo puzzle as a research project they have done honest research into this strange and unusual phenomenon they first started with a hypothesis collected the data and then attempted to share their findings the research group has to date worked with over 350 so-called cases of alien abduction experience you can listen to either read or listen to over 100 testimonies at this link that i provide you okay alienresistance.org and then it's another thing behind it here's the bottom line if you're a christian 
and you start to get abducted, you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Even Jesus. It is like throwing hot battery acid on them, and it works every single time. I mean, if you're crying out in faith, it doesn't work if you cry out to Buddha. It doesn't work if you cry out to Krishna or whoever else. It only works with Jesus. And I've had my experience with it, just key in Supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You can see about my experience where the angel of death was basically at the foot of my bed trying to kill me. And I'm telling you, that happened. And one word that I got out of my mouth, Jesus, and it was all over. Instantly. Instantaneously. That's a faith builder. Okay? But see, the UFO community, who are a bunch of tinfoil hot wearing devils for the most part, they don't want you to know this. They would rather people keep getting abducted than actually get saved and be able to stop going through this these hellish, beyond unbelievable agony experiences that you can't even begin to imagine the horror. They would rather you keep going through that than you get saved. So they're the ones that suppress this information. They don't invite Joe Jordan to, to come there and speak about this kind of stuff because they don't want his message. They would rather maintain the status quo, keep serving their father the devil, and keep having people get abducted than actually find the truth, how the truth is so easy to implement when it comes to this subject. It is disgusting. There are millions of people out there that this is happening to. And most of them are totally mortified and ashamed and scared of all of this. And so they don't even reach out. And, and, the, and the answer is so easy. It's so easy. But the UFO community at large does its level best to make sure you never find out this information, which is absolutely stinking disgusting. Anyway, I give you the links for this. So you can do that, click on that, and see how un unbelievably easy this is to implement. Now back to James's comments. The evidence is there to show this is real, yet the church says nothing. The church, and basically the alien abduction stuff we're talking about. Um, the church says nothing. The church's response is, keep the subject of evil simple. Um, but then he says, what about all these people that are living with this nightmare? Like the alien abduction. Oh, no, no, we don't want to talk. Church is just as culpable. They're just as to blame. There's people in the church that have been abducted. And and they're just, they're ashamed, they're mortified, and they just keep getting abducted. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying there's a whole bunch of born-again Christians getting abducted. I would, you know, I just don't see how that could be happening. I don't really see a lot of instances of that. I have heard people that are Christians that said I, the abduction experience started, I cried at Jesus, and it was like throwing hot battery acid on these things, and then the abduction stopped. They don't want to get it done to them again. Okay? That's the solution. And then the church also said, oh, the sons of God were the sons of Seth. Or they say, don't talk about evil too much, because you're just giving Satan glory. He says, I'm tired of all these churches that are yoked up with Rome in one way or another. If you follow the sons of Seth Catholic doctrine, guess where you are yoked up with Rome? Guess what? You're yoked up with Rome. And Rome was the one that really brought in these heretics to start really, really demonizing this and demonizing the fallen angel theory of, of Genesis 6 and start promoting the sons of Seth. And we've just given you um, a whole bunch of information pertaining to that. So that's what we're dealing with here. Now, let's go further here. Here's another um, comment from James. 
Listener comment on the explosion of cryptozoological creatures in recent times. Cryptozoological creatures. Okay, what is that? It's this. He says, when I think about all the stuff like werewolves, dogmen, you haven't heard dogman yet? Yeah. Go go on the internet. See if all the testimonies up there about dogmen. Oh no, you're really you're going off the deep end. Okay. Okay. You see the hundreds of people of the hundreds of testimonies up there about these things. There's some type of hybrid creature. And they're nasty. They're real nasty. All the stuff like werewolves, dogmen, Bigfoot, and whatnot. I think of the treaty like Ike signed with the aliens. With like the Grenada Treaty. This is just insane. It is amazing the stories online about people being abducted by Bigfoot and dogmen. Which has happened all the time and is still happening. When hearing about abductions, most people think about gray aliens, not Bigfoot or dogmen. It makes you wonder how many people out there... And these, this isn't like some fluffy little dog. This is like an eight-foot creature that is like, I don't know, part like, it's not like a werewolf. It's part like humanoid dog, but it's like a big creature, I'm pretty sure, that can walk on two legs and is nasty. I'm talking really nasty. And there are hundreds of accounts, if not thousands, on the internet about attacks of these creatures. Okay, but again, it doesn't, well, it doesn't make it on the 6 o'clock news. Well, this is the stuff that's been suppressed <coughs> for years and years. And people are ashamed of these stories. A lot of times, if they come forward, it's just to a very select group of friends. It's not something they're out there bragging about. It's not something the local news is going to, because they're, they're taught to suppress this type of stuff. And as wickedness and evil increases, you're going to see more and more of this. So he goes on to say, um, it makes you wonder how many people out there just are keeping their abduction encounters to themselves for fear of being ridiculed. Very true. There is so much defilement and crossbreeding and hybridization going on, it would blow people's minds. Like I said before, I believe it's just a belief out there that there are breeding populations of Nephilim and now animal hybrids out there as well. That, um the NSA is reading all the emails, and I'm sure, in, and I'm sure this one as well. The government knows about all these things. The government is protecting them. Not only um, is the government, but the government around the world are run by Nephilim or those that protect the Nephilim. Yeah, because they're the ones suppressing all this information that I'm getting into today and giving us a false narrative about it. It's very, very important to them that they deceive us about this subject. They've went to more lengths to deceive us about this subject through all of the Hollywood movies and TVs and all this other stuff, all the things that we've mentioned today, than, than almost any other subject out there. So it's very important to them. Um, here, here's a report relating to this. Okay, so this next report is relating to this. So what I'm trying to do is, okay, I'm, I'm reading, um, like, let's say something from James here. And then I'm... I'm I'm um, interjecting a report that is confirmatory to what we're talking about here. And this is entitled, The Man Who Fights Gray Aliens on His Land. Here is an actual undoctored image of one of the gray aliens that he got a, a picture of on his land. Okay, if you want to see the picture, it's in the PDF. Um, John Edmonds was reluctantly drawn into the world of aliens. He 
and he had to defend himself, his family, his animals against invading and hostile grand ETs. Uh, for some reason, I don't know whether it's because the land's cursed, I would imagine that's why, there are sections of land or land tracks where these things have the right and more so the ability to manifest. Um, I would love to go to this guy's property. I mean, just just let me go there for like a week. I don't know. Uh, because um, this guy's dealing with this stuff basically almost every day. This is his, this is his every... Remember what I said about the Solomon Islanders? Like, see, for them, their version of reality is a version of reality that you might not even be able to comprehend with dealing with giants and winged creatures and UFOs constantly. Well, this guy lives in his own little version of reality that most people would have a very, very hard time dealing with. Um, this is the incredible story of John Edmonds, a man who was reluctantly drawn into the world of aliens when he purchased an Arizona ranch that, unbeknownst to him, was already the site of visitations from otherworldly or otherworldly dimensional entities. Although he, he appeared on Coast to Coast Radio in 2009, John recently came forward to Project Camelot in two interviews, and I give you the links here and here, to tell the fuller story of how he came to deal with these gray alien ETs invading his ranch, including fighting them in self-defense. John Edmund's story is an astonishing one, even for those who have already, already been involved in UFO and alien research. John's, John claims that he has been undergoing continuous encounters with gray aliens for 19 years. Ever since he bought his ranch, which is called the Stardust Ranch, he has an impressive proof too, a collection of numerous photos, videos, and even samples of extraterrestrial body fluid. His website is John Edmonds, E-D-M-O-N-D-S dot info. Just one word, John Edmonds dot info. And um, during the second Project Camelot interview, a UFO appeared in the sky right near his ranch. And here's an image of it taken. He took an image of it and I posted it right here. In the video excerpt embedded above, you can see the proof yourself. A tiny gray ET pokes its head from around the corner at the 131 mark. I mean, this guy's like, it's like everyday occurrences here for this guy. John has to deal with these visiting gray ETs acting in a very hostile manner toward him and his animals. They've killed three of his dogs, mutilated other animals. John has had to defend himself against these gray ETs who have caused physical harm to him and his wife, often appearing at night while they're sleeping. A central aspect, and I mean, here's a guy that's totally unsaved, who's not calling upon God in any way, shape, or form, and he's trying to fight these things just through sheer will. And you can't do that. I mean, it's just not going to work. Not well, at least. He's very fortunate he's even alive at this point. Um, it's probably just through God's mercy that the guy's even alive at this point. Uh, the central aspect of the story is the fact that John is a very open about how aggressive the greys have been toward him, his wife and his animals, and how he felt compelled to fight back in self-defense. You, you may recall Phil Schneider made similar claims about hostile gray ETs he encountered underground. Um, Phil also ended up killing a gray in self-defense with a Walther PPK, from what I can remember, and sustained wounds, wounds from them. John writes, the assaults by these creatures were responded to in the most violent behavior I could respond to with because of weekly and sometimes daily confrontations during which our home, our ranch, our horses, and our dogs were killed. 
our bedroom as well as our bodies were assaulted, leaving bleeding holes from syringe-like wounds on us. Large bruises on both myself and my wife in the inner thigh, lower stomach, and upper shoulder areas has occurred on many occasions. What a fun, fun way to live life. I don't know about you, but where do I sign up? You know? Come on. This is just good, clean fun. John stresses that he never wanted to hurt or kill the greys, but the greys kept mutilating and killing his animals and harassing him and his wife. And it's, I mean, I'm laughing, I'm laughing about that, but it's like, I didn't want to kill him. Or, Come on, man. I mean, these things are pure evil. At a certain point, John decided to take matter into his own hands by acquiring a samurai sword. Well, that's one way to approach it, I guess. John decided um, he has mortally wounded at least a few of these gray ETs. I mean, the guy's brave. I'll give him that, you know. Um, he's mortally wounded a few of these gray ETs, but he states that the grays literally disappear when they're hurt. In John's experience, the grays exist between dimensions. Now, this is very common. I mean, how do they come through the walls when they abduct people? They have some way of, like, literally dematerializing. But they, they can also take people through walls. You know what I mean? It's not like you have to have an open window to go up to the mothership. A lot of people describe going right up through the ceiling or right outside the wall. They have some way of almost dematerializing you so that you can literally pass through solid objects so again I, I listen i don't have all the answers on all this stuff but these are just some theories i'm throwing out there um he says the grays exist between dimensions and not completely in this dimension so they have the ability to pull out of this dimension when they sense danger in some cases john has stabbed a gray but it disappeared before it quote died john theorizes that perhaps the grays cannot be killed unless the head is taken off uh, if they feel safe, then they, the gray ETs, come completely into this dimension. I have seen this time and time again, even after mortally wounding one with a samurai sword, pierced by the sword with six inches of cold steel perforating the body cavity, and seemingly lifeless, the gray alien still managed to, dis to, to disappear before I could withdraw the weapon and chop off its head. This guy's a man's man, I'll give him that. My intention in, in removing the head was to see if it would prevent it from disappearing. It is my hypothesis that the head controls the ability to control the dimensional transference between one place or another. I had hoped to interrupt the process by diminishing the body integrity. <laughs> I love the way this guy puts things. Oh, man. Anyway, um, also, cattle mutilation on his property. Here's an example of cattle mutilation. Here's a picture. It's pretty gross, but... It's a picture of cattle mutilation. Typically what you're going to see with cattle mutilation is very, very, very clean precision cuts. They like to core out the anal region and a lot of stuff with the mouth area and the eyes. And certain organs they seem to be much more interested in than others. And um, I think this has to do with the um, their nourishment. It has to do with the containers that the receptacles that these actual gray aliens are comprised of uh and if you see these corpses that have been mutilated flies won't even go on them it's like nothing maggots nothing will even touch them it's like they've been so defiled nothing even even the scavenger world of insects will not mess with these things that's how demonic the cattle mutilations are 
Okay, here's an example of one. Here's a picture. Note the clean incisions, which are not reminiscent of an animal attack. I mean, they're crystal clean, you know. Uh, going further, it says, For decades, UFO researchers have claimed that there was a strong correlation between cattle mutilation and extraterrestrials. There have been stories about that the secret government cut deals with certain ET groups, which included allowing the ETs to experiment upon cattle. John's case appears to be a definitive proof that aliens are the ones responsible. John managed to keep the bodily fluid of a great ET after an encounter where he wounded it. John states that, and he's got all this proof up on his website here. John states that he sent the fluid off to an independent laboratory for testing in 2009. And by an Amanda Nimke, Nimke a biophysicist forensic researcher, um, W.C. Levengood. Okay, so the, the person that tested it was an Amanda Limke and a bioforensic forensic researcher named W.C. Levengood. They concluded that the sample was extraterrestrial in origin and did not come from any known terrestrial plant, animal, or human. Numerous samples have been collected under correct forensic techniques by several skilled investigators and were sent to independent labs of high regard all came back with the same result, that the proteins in the samples could not be identified as anything they had seen before, either plant or animal or human. One lab uh, did add that the samples sent to them did match the samples they had tested over 30 years, over the last 30 years of fluid specimens that they had tested from various cattle mutilations across southwest the southwest USA. They believed that there was a 100% compatibility that the two were from the same creatures. Finally, a smoking gun that absolutely links cattle mutilations to life, to other uh, alien life forms. One scientist was extremely elated by the discovery. Levengood was extremely excited about the findings. He said to John, you have the smoking gun. This is proof of alien life visiting Earth and links the cattle mutilation phenomena together positive, positively. The conclusion and its implications are far-reaching. John has been interviewed, questioned, and examined by many, such as alien hunter Daryl Sims, as well as CIA and other governmental agents. The question remains, however, will the story get the publicity it deserves, or will it fall into obscurity because some simply can't believe it? Well, in the media suppressing it, and others are warned off from getting, not to getting too close to the truth. On that note, John did receive a visit from the men in black, not the Secret Service of the Mafia, but the semi-mythical figures that have been said to accompany UFO and alien-related stories. 14 researcher John Keel was someone who investigated this and gathered many stories of these figures who were reported to have the ability to appear out of nowhere, the men in black, to materialize and dematerialize, just like the gray aliens can. The men in black have now become part of pop culture due to movies made after them. However, they remain a reported phenomenon in UFO ufoology john edmonds recalls how the men in black came to his locked gate on his property and literally walked through it <laughs> wow he says that they were pasty white like they'd never spent a minute in the sun they were dressed in the now famous black suit black sunglasses and black hat he claims they told him to keep quiet about the story or or else although he has been through harrowing ordeals John eventually made the decision to go public, which was probably the best thing he could have done. Because sometimes that's what actually preserves your life in, this, in these types of instances. He maintains to this day that he never wanted any of this experience, but rather has been reluctantly pulled through it. However, he's doing a real service to humanity by telling the truth so we can all gain a fuller understanding of the big picture. 
Thanks to John Edmonds and his wife for having the courage in, in the face of public ridicule and the government threats to go public with the story. Okay, I'm going to try to get to this next part pretty quick so because I think I have enough time on here to do it. It's This is entitled, um, U.S. Navy Spies Learned of Nazi Alliance with Reptilian Extraterrestrials. In this interview with William Tompkins, he reveals how the U.S. Navy spies reported that Nazi Germany had reached secret agreements with reptilian extraterrestrials. The reptilians acted as, quote, consultants for the Nazis' advanced aerospace technologies. The interview was conducted in San Diego on... February 25th, the following extract features Tompkins answering questions from Dr. Robert Wood and Dr. Michael Salia. Um, Welcome to Exo News TV. I'm Michael Salia. William Tompkins worked for U.S. Navy Intelligence during the Second World War. Okay, so this is the guy that worked for U.S. Navy Intelligence during the Second World War, the guy they're going to be interviewing. He participated in top-secret debriefings of Navy spies embedded within the Nazis' most advanced aeronautical projects. Tompkins' job was to disseminate a summary of the debriefings to different U.S. aviation companies and think tanks in order to help them better study and evaluate the many aeronautical projects underway in Germany. In his autobiography, Selected by Extraterrestrials, Tompkins has provided documents supporting his remarkable claims, including a copy of his mission orders that verified that he was indeed tasked to act as a disseminator of aircraft research and information. See, this is one of the many guys coming out now that was involved in high-level governmental affairs. This one going all the, back, all the way back to World War II that is coming out now, coming out with a book, how our, you know, our involvement with extraterrestrials, the Nazis' involvement with I mean, I'm telling you, this is coming out now at a pace I've never seen. And this can all be verified. I mean, the documentation is there, all of these things. It's just not like tinfoil hat wearing stuff. Tompkins also provided in his book copies of passes to enter and leave the Naval Air Station in San Diego with multiple packages. This substantiates his claims that he was carrying intelligence briefing packets to select U.S. corporations and think tanks. The Navy spies revealed many astonishing facts to Tompkins and his superiors about the aerospace technologies being developed in Nazi Germany. Among the most remarkable is the Nazis were receiving assistance from an extraterrestrial race described as reptilians who were acting as consultants in various German aerospace projects. In an exclusive interview with Exo News TV conducted in San Diego on February 25th, Tompkins for the first time revealed publicly the role of reptilian extraterrestrials in Nazi projects. The following interview extract features Tompkins answering questions from Dr. Robert Wood and myself. The, the fact that the Germans were given... Now, I'm really sorry about the audio, but this is as good as they got. And this guy's probably not going to be around a whole lot longer. He looks pretty old dude, and uh, I'm not sure... It's probably about the best we're going to be able to do here, okay? But try to kind of try to bear with it. This information from the reptilians set up the program. They signed the program to support Germany, and they're giving Germany UFOs. Okay, so he's saying the. I mean, this is a guy in high-level U.S. government came out with a book, has all the documentation to prove it, saying the, the Nazis were in league with these reptilians that were giving them this technology, 
regarding UFOs and other things, probably I'm sure weaponry and things of this nature. It's fact in any of the briefings that you delivered? Yes. Yes. Did the Navy spies, for example, had they know that there was a reptilian extraterrestrial species helping the Germans? Say that again. I want to hear it. Did the Navy spies know that they were extraterrestrial reptilians supporting the Germans? That's the question he's asking this gentleman. How, how did the Navy spies learn about reptilian extraterrestrials helping the Nazis? engineered in a way to accomplish this thrust 
effort or this propulsion system. So, so the Navy spies reported back on what they had seen or whatever documents they had retrieved, and, and that this was the conclusion that agreements had been reached with reptilians, and that reptilians were acting as consultants in some of the Nazi SS compartmentalized programs. Well, even more than that, um, one of the packages that I got had a statement type thing that was, uh, I don't know how he got a hold of it, but it was uh, not, the, not the original agreement between the two, the two countries, or the extraterrestrials and, and uh, uh, Germany, but a, it alluded to this, and, uh, but you don't have many of those around. Uh, but there was this tremendous program to which the, the operatives got into, where there were university-type facilities uh, where uh, hundreds of thousands of even Russian girls were brought in to these facilities. And... Uh, certain groups of the troops uh, would get them pregnant and this program was then to come out with massive numbers. The reason I'm saying this is because uh, it takes a long time to have a baby and uh, uh, so you're not planning to win the war next week. Uh, but that part of their program was set up and structured to uh, parallel a reptilian uh, Navy battle group program to go to other stars' planets and do the same thing that Germany was going to do to Europe and then this planet, which is... In other words, it wasn't just taking over the United States and killing some Jewish people uh, and then getting the rest of doing it throughout the galaxy. No, it, 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 it holy catch, the thing was way beyond that. Again, what we just said about this was the tip of the iceberg of what they were doing. And already reptilians doing it to other stars, planets, all over this area of the galaxy. I mean, it, uh, these young kids, the operatives, they couldn't believe half of what they, they brought back of what was going on. But some of them were really good people, and they know how to get into places and listen to what's going on. And finding from that guy that he talked to, or they heard, he heard, and going to so-and-so, because yes, they were doing that over there. And he goes over to two countries away from a, a, a occupied country for the facility, a massive thing going on another part of it. They were even, even building boilerplate steel UFOs, 200 foot, 250 foot, boilerplate steel, which is insane. But that group, that, 
that group took the information that they was given to them. Now, could this be the origin for the Foo Fighters of World War II? I mean, this information is just beyond mind-blowing, and it just adds to you know, the speculation of the deception that is going to be foisted on humanity in the very, very near future. Um, I know Steve Quayle just released a book, I believe titled Empire Under the Ice, about the Nazi program, how it continued after the war, even though they had apparently, quote, lost the war, but they set up bases, bases down in Antarctica, and um, this would kind of be a confirmation of that. I, I don't, I never, haven't researched this far enough to really be an expert on that area, but I would imagine this would heavily figure into all that as well. They didn't even figure out it should be steel. Uh, it should not be steel. And uh, the, the propulsion unit floated up just like it was feather. And so we, they, their learning curve showed that you can do these things all over uh, using totally different uh, standard mathematical or standard technical terms of the way you normally do it. And uh, so thousands and thousands of, of different engineering groups were working different aspects of all of this. Some, so just one second, some of them had the vehicles, others they gave them the vehicle to reverse uh, engineer and uh, so that they could become familiar with everything from the inside out and, and so that different people different organizations could handle this in different manners I mean it was a massive program and the mission was to take over the planet uh, kill off all the ones that are a problem the rest of them make slaves out of them everybody on your planet. Then, second phase was to leave the planet with large squadrons of uh, UFOs after you've got them all built and do the same thing to other stars' planets. That's the German one. Now, in the next episode of XN News TV, we will hear from William Tompkins how the Nazis developed flying saucer technologies that operated out of secret bases in Antarctica that were capable of traveling to the moon, other planets, and even distant star systems. So again, you can only imagine, this is just part of the deception here, the, 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 that's afoot. And, and yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, you think there was anything that Hitler wouldn't have done? Any league that he wouldn't have struck as long as he could win now god in his grace allowed did not allow them to outrightly win world war ii okay had they won world war ii i can't even imagine the hellish existence that would have ensued on the planet you know i can't even begin to imagine it but you know again there would be no bible though for the Nazis winning World War II and then implementing this program and, and you know, with of just absolute total mass world domination and, and you know, kind of like uh, supplanting the book of Revelation and these types of things. Uh, the Bible's going to be fulfilled. It's been fulfilled exactly as it's been laid out. None of its prophecies have ever failed and that's going to keep continuing. Okay, so evil men and wicked people have a lot of plans.
maybe have a lot of plans for humanity. It doesn't mean God's going to let them implement it. So that's all we have for this part, and we will go to part six next. God bless you.